Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to a Buckeye Fly Effect. Doug Maurice, Stephen Means, Nathan Baird. A little more recent here. Sometimes we go in the Wayback Machine. This is the not, not so long ago machine. We are doing on the Buckeye Fly Effect. We think, well, what if a thing didn't happen? What would it mean? What if CJ Stroud did not pick Ohio State? What would it mean for the Buckeyes, for their current quarterback situation? What would it mean for C.J. Stroud? Because I do want to do that. I actually want to start with that, guys, what it would mean for C.J. Stroud. But just before we dive in, Stephen, what do you think of the idea of this? This guy's a late recruit in the class of 2020. He is not master plan, identified as a sophomore in high school guy by Ryan Day. This is like, this easily, easily could have not happened. Right, Stephen? So what what do you think of, of even attempting to do this? Yeah, Ohio State in two situations has ended up in a we got to go find a quarterback late mode and a guy just happens to come loose because the California school sucked at the time. Uh, This is the plan with CJ was he rose late. Jack Miller had a bunch of injuries, so he didn't develop the right way. And Ohio State's quarterback room was in shambles because they went and got Justin Fields. And so they had no depth. So they had to go find a guy and they just so happened to stumble. Well, the the commits, the wide receiver commits, Julian Fleming and G. Scott, who were on his uh, seven on seven team down there at the opening in Dallas that year, just so happened to be on his team, really loved him. He had had a brief conversation with, uh, I think, like Mike Yursage before that, but it was nothing too serious. But then, like, when the recruits are calling the the future head coach and going like, hey, man, we need this kid badly, then Ryan Day gets on the phone. And as CJ has told Doug before, I fell to my knees and Hmm. uh, looked to the sky above. But what it boils down, yeah, what it boils down to is Ohio State needed an elite quarterback late. CJ Stroud just happened to be a late bloomer. Match made in heaven. I mean, to I me, did. as as an exercise, it's almost easier to imagine it as not what if C.J. Stroud told Ohio State no. It's like, what if Ohio State just didn't get on him soon enough? Because it sounds like once they were on him, he was like, he was, it, it triggered something for him. That connection, uh. Ohio State <laughs> or whatever. But if they had just been, if those guys had not come back and said that about him, if Ohio State had just been a little bit behind trying to catch up and get in on his recruitment, that might have made, might be why he's not here. I, I do think that 
if we did a list, maybe we'll do this this summer. If we did a list of the 10 most important recruits. Yes, yes. I've had it the in the modern, back of my head forever in a day. Yes. The modern Ohio, the modern recruiting era, whatever that is. You know, we're not doing Rex Kern and Jack Tatum. We're doing right. since recruiting came what it became what it is now. CJ Stroud is pretty high on that list, I think, when you consider his talent, his impact, the timing, the logistics, how it all came together. And when you consider what we're going to consider on this pod, the what if of if not him, who, Stephen, like there are a lot of factors here that you don't, if you're a Buckeye fan, man, you don't want to think about life without CJ Stroud. Yeah, I've literally had the 10 most important recruits, especially the Ryan Day era, just like sitting in the back of my mind for a year and a half now. I think he's Ryan Day's first quarterback for all intents and purposes. No one else has had their hands on him other than him. And so there is something to that where they really needed to go find a guy and they just so happened to find a dude. It's like we're getting a chance to see what a quarterback can look like when he's completely recruited, completely developed by Ryan Day in a way that even with as good as Justin Fields was and what Dwayne Haskins did, they can't be that because other people had their hands on them. So, yes, it was it took a lot of things to fall in the right place for this to happen. And to Nathan's point of they got on him early enough. Yes, but Georgia kind of did the same thing. And we can get into this as we, we talk more about this. But like I, I think there was a connection with with Ryan Day and Mike Yersich, but then also the fact that like he's from L.A. and Columbus is kind of similar to L.A. in the sense of it's a major city um, that kind of swung C.J. here instead of heading to the SEC. I do think that when we talk about the like, oh, my gosh, getting down on your knees to celebrate something, yeah. I, I do think, Nathan – I think Ohio State, in the end, needed to celebrate this harder yeah. than C.J. Stroud needed to celebrate it, right? That I, at the time, he probably didn't do it. But in hindsight, Ryan Day should have been getting down on his knees saying, oh, my God, thank God this guy's going to commit to us. Yeah, but also, I mean, go back to the end of the 2020 season, even. Even though we'd seen flashes that, that Stroud was probably the guy in front just because he was the first guy that came in for fields in those couple injury-related situations – I don't even know if at that stage we had a concept that he was going to separate the way he has, right? That, and even into last season, the way this last season started, we had questions about whether he was truly separating well, but he the did. way he has. But he did. But he did. That's what I'm saying. So I, I, I but I, so I think you're right. I think it's going to be in one of those things that in the long term you'll look back and, and definitely say that that this was a a marriage of uh, necessity. Um, maybe from both sides, but that might turn out to be the best version that either one could have ended up with. With all due respect to Jack Miller, I think we all could have predicted he would have separated from Jack Miller. So the question is, is the question then was, is Kyle McCord talented enough to that the, the extra year that CJ had been in the program mattered or not? So let's do this. I actually want to start with CJ. Because for the listeners of this podcast, what happens to Ohio State is more important. So we're going to slow play. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about what if C.J. Stroud did not commit to Ohio State? Where would he be? What would he be doing? And there's two angles I want to take on that. And we'll start with the two other schools that he took official visits to that he mm-hmm. seemed to be seriously considering. And, Stephen, I know you wrote about this before the Ohio State-Michigan game last mm-hmm. year because Michigan was one of those two other schools. And as you mentioned, Georgia was the other. Yeah. So 
of from what you know, Stephen, was that truly his final three? Do you believe, say that he got came to visit Ohio State and a squirrel bit his toe and he had square cut pizza and he was like, what is this? And he just was like, Columbus is not yeah. for me, right? Where do you think he would have gone? Would it have been one of those other two? Or would it have been a dark horse out of nowhere? It would have probably been Georgia, I think, just from the conversations I've had with him, conversations I've had with his mother, it would have been really hard for a dark horse at that point because he's already a late bloomer. So everybody's already late to the game. So if you're getting in in that last month and you're really late and they're big on relationships more than anything else, especially since all the schools he's he's considering on the other side of the country. So it, it would have taken a lot for a dark horse who wasn't Texas or something to, to pull him at that point. So if I had to put an order, if it wasn't going to be Ohio state, it was probably going to be Georgia. Um, the Michigan visit was fine. It was a cool little thing to, you know, they're chanting, we want CJ at the game and it's, but basically I, I, from my understanding that Michigan visit, all it did was give the internet a picture of CJ and some Michigan gear that can come up whenever Ohio state plays Michigan more than anything else. I don't think that they walked away from that feeling like this was the best place for them. I would have welcomed the competition <laughs> from young CJ Stroud coming from the other side of the country into my backyard in Athens, Georgia. Come and take my job, Mr. Stroud. I dare you. So, okay. So, Nathan, it's like, what would have happened to CJ Stroud? Would CJ Stroud just have won a national championship last year? Yes. It's like, oh, CJ, it's lucky. Thank goodness. Thank goodness Ohio State came and got you. Otherwise, you just would have won a national championship with the best defense we've seen in college football in the past 10 years. Well, Ohio yeah, State, would, they made the playoffs. <laughs> right. They would have been over there. But, like, I don't – like, that's – we're not even joking around. No, I mean, why, why, why would we expect anything else based on the trajectory we've seen? Now, I understand that C.J. Stroud, if you want to give Ryan Day some extra credit for being a guy who develops quarterbacks, and maybe he would not have – maybe C.J. Stroud wouldn't have been a Heisman finalist. Maybe C.J. Stroud would not be being talked about right now as the number one pick in the – overall in the NFL draft for 2023. I don't really see any reason to think that he wouldn't have beat out Stetson Bennett and been developed enough to win a national championship with the rest of that team. You know, um, Ohio State didn't put together a complete team and held back an even better version of C.J. Stroud being able to even get to the playoff. But I think a lesser version of C.J. Stroud still wins a national championship with that Georgia team. Or, or. Georgia doesn't lose in the SEC championship game. So they're just undefeated national champions because CJ's better than Stetson Barnett. And he fixes the idea that Georgia consistently picks the wrong quarterback. He fixes the Justin Fields asterisk for Georgia, basically. Right. The, the, uh, the scenario for Georgia is without CJ Stroud, they won the national championship with CJ Stroud. They become a new dynasty because CJ Stroud well, fixes their hole and yeah they steamroll everybody, including Bama. I mean, we might be talking, how good would we be talking about that Georgia team have been last year if you put the Heisman Trophy finalist version of C.J. Stroud onto that roster? I Break mean, the super teams, the LSU 2019, 2020 Alabama, 2021 Georgia. And I know, like, we like to be, we like to be silly on this podcast, right? We, we like to be silly. We're not joking right now. I, like, I don't think this is silly because, listen, they had wound up. So C.J. Stroud's class of 2020 was at the third quarterback in that class. They end up, they get Carson Beck is the Georgia quarterback in that class. Yeah. 
He's 250 overall player, the number nine quarterback last year. And then they bring in JT Daniels because they're looking for somebody who's better than Stetson Bennett. They bring in JT Daniels from USC as a transfer. So if they had CJ, they never probably would have brought in JT Daniels. And, and Carson Beck last year, when JT Daniels was the starting quarterback, Carson Beck was number two. Stetson Bennett was number three to start the year. And then like they gave Carson Beck a little run and it didn't work. And then they wind up in the next class getting Brock Vandegrift, who's a higher rated quarterback guy, because they're trying to get this going. And they might wind up with Arch Manning now. So they might, they might slightly delay their add a quarterback to the best defense in the country and see what happens. But like that's, out there because again Todd Munkin is there now he's an NFL guy he's a passing game guy we think Ryan Day is really good at this but guess what Todd Munkin has experience running an NFL offense too and he would have found he would have developed CJ Stroud he would have helped CJ Stroud be a great player so I'm not sure we get any really any that much different version of CJ Stroud's success we just get it with instead of a defense that's not good enough you get it with the best defense in the country yeah i think that's what makes it interesting is his early see let's just say everything about him is still the same in terms of the development and he still hurts his shoulder down there he's just in athens with a you know a a separated ac joint which is ridiculous that he played through that it doesn't matter because the defense is so good that they probably still beat clemson 10 to 3 and then, I mean, South Carolina, they still probably beat them, what, 30 to 13 instead of 40 to 13 because their quarterback still hurt. But that's the thing here. C.J. Stroud not being ready mattered at Ohio State because Ohio State's defense wasn't good enough to stop Oregon. And it, say, when you, they, you know, they wound up in this situation where J.T. Daniels was Georgia's starting quarterback to start last year, got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then when they went to Stetson Bennett, they never went back to Daniels. If you're they the guy you're going C.J. back to is CJ Stroud, I would have retained my. I mean, they would have gone back to. We were waiting all year for them to go back to JT Daniels from Stetson Bennett, but they didn't want to rock the boat. You rock the boat for CJ Stroud, Nathan, right? I mean, it's not. I don't think it. I don't think we would have been looking. My God, Kirby, if we would have Please. been, I don't think we would have been looking at a. Well, CJ Stroud started two games, then his shoulder hurt, and so they put in Stetson Bennett. And then they just rode Stetson Bennett and CJ Stroud transferred. Like I don't, to Ohio I don't State. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, that's CJ Stroud winds up at Ohio State anyway. Like I don't think that would have happened having learned what they did from Justin Fields. I think they would have gone gone back to CJ because CJ CJ. Yeah, and there's some things here as far as the other timelines and the way they overlap. I mean, do they still bring in JT Daniels in 2020 because Stroud is just a true freshman at that point? And you still need to stabilize your room because then the Daniels things just got weird for him at Georgia. Felt like he was never healthy, and then then he was, and then he wasn't again. And but then when you start imagining those things, and now JT Daniels is the starter coming into 2021. Where is CJ Stroud on the depth chart at that point, and is he even hanging around for 2021 in that scenario? I mean, there are some other you can go down some rabbit holes here, but overall, I think the talent would have shown through just the way that it did at Ohio state. So if CJ Stroud doesn't go to Ohio state, he probably winds up at one of the other two schools. He winds up at Georgia and he might have a national championship ring. Here's my other alternate scenario for CJ Stroud. And it is, I just want to stay home and USC is a mess, but I just want to stay home. Bryce young had originally committed to USC. He decommitted. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Alabama. DJ Uyunglele is a Southern California guy. He goes to Clemson. 
maybe CJ just doesn't want to leave. And Clay Helton's a swell fella, right? I don't know. They had a couple players. And then all this happens at USC. And Lincoln Riley comes to USC. And Lincoln Riley's like, oh, CJ Stroud's here. And Caleb Williams is like, I'm ready to come with you, coach. And he's like, I'm good. You stay in Oklahoma. I'll take this guy. So my second scenario, scenario one for C.J. Stroud not going to Ohio State is a national championship with Georgia. Scenario two is I'm home for the rebirth of USC football with, as my head coach, the other offensive guru in college football, Lincoln Riley. Because USC is so terrible, it's like we can't envision it, Stephen. But if he just said, I just don't want to leave, and I'm either going to go to UCLA or USC, they're both interested. I just don't want to leave. I can envision that. And all of a sudden we'd be saying, holy moly, Lincoln Riley, CJ Stroud, look out for the Trojans this year. I think in that situation, it'd have been UCLA just because they did have a relationship with them. He's been to plenty of UCLA games. I'm with you if he was a 2021 recruit, because then it's only one year until Lincoln Riley shows up. It's two years of having to deal with USC's a mess before Lincoln Riley shows up. And then it's, He's probably not a draft prospect heading into this season, quite frankly, because USC is such a mess that we're not paying attention to their quarterback. So in that scenario, he'd have to go from he'd have to pull a Joe Burrow, which that's happened once. That doesn't happen every single year. So he'd probably just be a, a, a Bruin right now if he stays home, which would have made well, any, his mom happy. In, in any scenario, he wasn't. He didn't know any of that was coming anyway. He didn't know how long it was going to well, be before they moved on from Clay Helton. He didn't you probably know. probably thought Clay Helton was going to get fired, but yeah. But Maybe you don't you, know that Lincoln Riley's no. coming to USC. Like, no, 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 no. All those no. things are unknowable in the future. I actually think it's more likely he would have gone to Michigan than USC. No, but I don't want to do Michigan. Michigan is third among visitors. So we did that. If but, you go to someone you visited, I want to do I stay home. That's fine. But I'm just saying, like, the people I've talked to, well, even he, even, Stroud himself said during the Rose Bowl week was kind of slamming UCLA and USC and how boring he it did was that, to yeah. go to games there. And he did that on signing day too. <laughs> but the people that I talked to around him also, I got the indication that he was ready to get away from home. He's been open or at least like cautiously open about some of the things he went through growing up. And he wanted separation from his childhood a little bit he wanted to come to a place I think where he could be immersed in football and put some distance between him and his background and I think USC would have been a bad fit for him for that reason USC was the one that was actually listed in his finalists I think other than USC but I or UCLA I understand what you're saying Stephen but either one of those Mm -hmm. I think would have been a but but listen I get what you're saying but let's not pretend that guys don't stay home all the time I get it. This I'm is giving you reasons why he wouldn't have. No, I know. But I'm telling you, this is okay. what he's saying because of all the circumstances around it. There are also times when guys say all this stuff, and then when push comes to shove, they stay home because it's hard to leave. I mean, like, that's – it's not – I mean, this is a – He left for the same reasons DJ and Bryce left. So it's not like – But the know, reasons if, they if, left if, is if, if they if, didn't if, want to play at UCLA and USC. Right. So, so if it I'm was saying, a, a realistic thing for them to play at UCLA or USC, two of those three would have been a one of those three would have been at USC for sure. Good players stay home to play for non-national championship contenders. Sometimes I, mean, I don't want to say all the time, 
But we yeah. did. We know this whole thing. Everybody on the West Coast had to leave because there's no national championship contenders in the Pac-12. Lincoln Riley's going to change that, but it's why everybody in Washington and Arizona and California is going to Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama because you can't win a national championship out there. I get it, but there are still there are still some guys who stay home. USC in the next recruiting class got Jackson Dart, who was a top 100 guy. Mm-hmm. He's from Utah. He was the number 69 player in the country. He was the number 10 quarterback. He was their quarterback last year. Then when Lincoln Riley came, he left, and now he's an old Miss. But like, I'm just saying. The idea that, okay, so just it, even if it's that C.J. Stroud would have to have a different personality, I don't think it's like gazillion percent impossible. So it might have been hard to stay in Southern California given what he wanted, given the situation with the schools. The idea that if you wind up at one of your hometown schools, by the way, Lincoln Riley swept in. I mean, it's like, oh, win a national championship at Georgia, stay home with the best school near home and here comes Lincoln Riley. I mean, there, there are options for this kid. I do think Nathan in the end, Ohio state is a great college football program. It provides great opportunities. If a great player comes here and puts in the work, he has a great opportunity to succeed. I think Nathan, I think CJ was going to be okay. He was a late riser, right? But I, it feels like, you know, if, if this would have been one of those, oh, well, he might have wound up at, you know, Texas and then someone got fired or you wind up at, he would have gone to Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley, then Lincoln Riley left and he would have had a, you know what I mean? Like sometimes even if you're a great player, you can wind up in a weird situation. I think he had a couple good situations. He didn't necessarily know exactly how they would turn out, but he's so good, so smart, so dedicated. I, I think CJ Stroud was going to make it kind of no matter where he wound up. I think you're probably right. I think maybe even if, and I'm not trying to take anything away from what Ryan day has done bringing quarterbacks through, but there's a part of me that wonders like, I mean, there's always guys in the NFL that have success and you're like, even quarterbacks and you're like, wait, where did that guy go to college again? Like CJ Stroud might've been one of those guys. Like if he had, if he hadn't quite come along at the way he did the time he did, maybe he goes somewhere lower and it's just a different kind of, path to success but i there are some innate qualities that he has that i think gave him a higher floor to work with than the average even elite prospect does so steven we know that it happened late in the process for cj but given what we know about him and what his options were do you do you think it it would have worked out and this is not like i don't want to take away credit from ohio state because who develops you and how they develop you really matters. But do you think CJ would have figured it out and made it multiple places? Uh, I would. Yes, Georgia, because the talent would have carried him until he was like developed. Michigan's interesting just because like I don't. Because he would be coming into a situation where Michigan wasn't very good in 2020 plus COVID. So it's that's a lot of lost development. And also Jim Harbaugh hadn't proven much. I think he'd have been good enough to be an NFL level quarterback. But I don't know if every option that was left available to him, especially after you risen up, would have turned him into a first rounder, let alone a guy who's competing to be the number one pick in the draft. Because we do say, I mean, like, again, maybe not elite athleticism, a lot of other elite traits, but elite traits that probably need to be developed, that they don't just pop on their own. So, okay, that's the C.J. Stroud side of things. This is an Ohio State podcast. We want to talk about what would have happened to Ohio State if C.J. Stroud didn't come here. 
Next on Buckeye Talk. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Doug, Nathan, and Steven. Okay, so 2020, they get Jack Miller super early, and they kind of figure out, we want a second quarterback in this class, partly because their depth is non-existent behind Justin Fields, because Tate Martell and Matthew Baldwin and Emory Jones all left because Fields arrived and the, the quarterback room just exploded behind him. So they had to double up. And also, Steven, as you mentioned, Jack Miller got hurt in high school and lost development became less of a sure thing. Would they have taken, if it wasn't CJ, would they have found a second quarterback in that class one way or another, Steven? Uh, no. You think there's a just, world where they wind up with just Jack Miller? I think there's a world where they wind up with Jack Miller and somebody from the portal for the sake of the room, just because that's, it's just hard to find a guy that late. They would have missed the Bryce Young train. And I mean, Bryce Young wouldn't have even fit that billing because like it's 5'11", 197. It's not what Ryan Day is looking for. The, uh, they only offered 10 quarterbacks in that class and nine before C.J. Stroud came into the bill, fold. And all of them, and really eight, because Jalen Suggs was not playing football, obviously. So right. it, the, the options weren't necessarily there of – Kind of like the same thing as this situation with Devin Brown. Now it's like just because a guy's available doesn't mean he's actually good enough to play at Ohio State. What, what do you think, Nathan? Do you have a read on your? Do you have a take on what you think? So CJ just says, "I love peaches. I'm going to Georgia." Doesn't Ryan Day and Corey Dennis do everything they can do? G Scott and Julian Fleming do everything they can do. If it's not CJ Stroud, is it somebody else? Yeah, I, I just the timeline makes that tough. Um, whoever you're taking there, it is probably someone more like the conventional guy that you would usually be taking there. Not a future CJ Stroud, but maybe a guy who is what you've always talked about, like maybe a guy who's content coming and being in a backup at Ohio State, low, much lower ranked and who just hasn't signed somewhere for whatever reason. That's possible. But they're not, I don't think, at that stage. I mean, the, the part of the C.J. Stroud story is just how late he came upon the scene and how late he pushed his way to the consciousness of college football. So, I, I yes, maybe they get somebody else, but nobody like what we're talking about. I like Nobody are, who's actually competing with Miller and, and McCord in the spring of 2021. There are, there are two headlines that have come out of this podcast so far. One is C.J. Stroud should have picked Georgia and won a national championship already. And uh, two is, I can't remember what the second one was. 
Oh, why Ohio State okay. should have should have recruited an average backup instead of CJ Stroud in 2020 because Doug loves backup quarterbacks. <laughs> Don't think anybody said that, even you. Yeah. I, so, Stephen, could we run through? Because I actually have a name and a scenario that is based on nothing but Buckeye talk. Stephen, can you run through? You said there are ten quarterbacks they offered in the class of 2020. Can you run through them for us so we can mull them over? Yeah, let's do this. <clears throat> DJ Uyunglele. Okay, so player. DJ, they're not going to get him away from Clemson, right? Once she's in on Clemson. No. And then, frankly, the way he played, it's like, I don't, you know. He's super talented. He had a bad year last year. Okay, DJ is one. Number two, um, not including CJ Stroud. Um, Harrison Bailey, number 99 player, number three pro-style quarterback, ended up at Tennessee. I don't know who that is. It's okay. You're not going to know anybody. I else don't know that he's the Tennessee quarterback right now, though. So, yeah, there's only the two other guys I expect you to know on this list. It's okay. Max Johnson, number so, 253 player, number 10 pro style. Went to so LSU. Max Johnson goes to LSU and now has transferred to Texas A&M and yes. is in the fight to be the starting quarterback for Texas A&M this year. And Texas A&M is trying to make the playoff. Is that is that the son of Brad Johnson? Uh. The Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback, so. Brad Johnson. All I know is that, first of all, Max Johnson alone is a great name. But Brad Johnson's son, I believe, his full first name is Maximus. Oh, we can look it up. Yeah, it is. It it's is a Google son. machine. It is his son. I just typed in Max Brad Johnson's son and Max Johnson came up. So, yeah, Maximus. Well, good for Maximus. Maximus, Maximus not on the list of approved baby beard names, by the way. <laughs> so he is. So- so he's like a real dude, at least. Like he went, he played yeah. at LSU. He beat Texas yeah. A&M last year. He's not CJ Stroud, but he's no. a competent college quarterback. Yep. No. Uh, Jack Miller, Chaparral, Jack Miller, you know, 334, 13. Uh, Jaden Delora De from Hawaii, number 462, number 16 player, a quarter, pro style quarterback, ended up at Washington State. Just based off this ranking, he's now at Arizona, by the way. It seems like this is a guy who camped early, looked good, and never really developed, so they backed off. Um, Which happens with quarterbacks. He's the guy I want to talk about, but keep going. Oh, uh, C.J. Dixon um, didn't end up going anywhere. Number 794 player, number 32 pro-style quarterback. I hate that they used to do it like this, the pro-style dual threat. Yeah, Um, They don't do it anymore. They stopped doing it in 2021. Bryce Young. um, Yep. We may have heard of him. And then Hudson Card. Hudson Card. Number 50, yep. We ended up at Texas. Number 59 player, number two. Dual Who is threat, and then, currently in a quarterback battle with Quinn Ewers to be Texas's starting quarterback. Yes. And then Jalen Suggs, obviously. Okay. Now making a lot of money for the Orlando Magic. So here's – so I do think – so they get CJ's commitment two days or something before the signing period in December, right? Like it is, it is super late. I think they would have flipped somebody. So I don't like I the I, I think they would have flipped. They would have Mayan Williams, the quarterback. They would have gone after the best guy that they were interested in, who was committed somewhere else, who would be like, what? Ohio State actually wants me. OK. And Jaden Delora is the guy that interests me there because they did. He is from Hawaii. He's from the same Hawaii high school as Tuatonga Vailoa. He went to Washington State. He was the starter from day one at Washington State. And Washington State only played four games in 2020. But then he was like the 
Pac-12 freshman of the year. And he was like a real guy. And he is now transferring to Arizona because he was recruited by Nick Rolovich, who had previously been at Hawaii and who was a Washington State head coach. And then he got fired over the he didn't want to take the vaccine kind of stuff. And so they changed coaches. They promoted an assistant. They sort of changed the style of offense. And then Jaden Delora didn't fit as well anymore. And so he's transferring to Arizona. Last year, he completed 63% of his passes. He was 227 for 359. 2,798 yards, 23 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. They got Enoch Vamahi from Hawaii. They offered this guy from Hawaii. They looked at him, right? They had contact with him. This wasn't just a throw it, throw a line in the water. We don't know anything about this guy. I think they looked at this guy. And to me, Stephen, this is if CJ's out, CJ loves peaches. This is maybe where you come back around in November, it, depending how nervous you are about we just Jack Miller's too hurt. We just it sucks for Jack. He just wasn't able to finish his high school work like, like we thought. We got to get somebody with a little bit of upside. I could see this. I could see a Jaden Delora. And then we can go to the next thing. The way he's played then I think he might have been in the mix if he was here instead of CJ. But Stephen, let's go first with the recruitment. The idea of a late flip in something like this, do you think that would have been on the table if they weren't hanging on for CJ into December and pretty sure they were going to get him? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's Ohio State. They're one of those schools who can do that. But I don't know if the lore is where they would go with that. I would say, what if you – I mean, Texas also got two quarterbacks in that class who were very closely – you know, rated together. It wasn't like a Jack Miller, CJ Stroud situation. Hudson Carr was 59. Jaquindon Jackson was 73. So do you try to convince one of those two guys, hey, you're already down to be it, but why don't you go be it in a situation where it's a little bit more likely you can win the job? But also, in the name of like the Mayan Williams situation, I mean, or you can just go to Cincinnati and flip Evan Prayer, uh, Evan Prater from Cincinnati. Who is going to be their starting quarterback this year and they're super yes. excited about taking over yes. from Desmond Ritter. Do you think a flip, a late flip, Nathan, could have led to something or would it have felt too desperate? Would it have been too late in the game? They just don't know the kid as well. Do you think a late flip would have spelled trouble for Ohio State? Well, I think it's interesting because the whole narrative that played out with Miller and Stroud Yes, Miller got hurt. Yes, Miller was receding as a recruit, a prospect. But you could also say, you know, hey, we just people didn't know about CJ Stroud. We found out about him and we saw something we liked. And so we went and got him. We had to get more bodies for the room. You could sell it as like he was too good to pass up. Now, when you've had Miller committed all this time, and McCord has also committed already before that class is signing. Now you're going in and just flipping somebody late. That does seem to tell when you get, when you got CJ Stroud, I don't think you were telling everybody the people in the room aren't good enough. It's just that he's so good. We have to go get him. I think when you do this late flip in 2020, it sounds more like that. It sounds more like, Ooh, now we're flat footed for this coming year. And beyond that, even, I think there is a little bit more desperation here. I'm not sure that they shouldn't do it for that reason. I'm just saying, I think the optics would have been, tougher only if you hadn't have already told everybody for almost six months that there's going to be another quarterback in 2020 even if we don't know who he is yet 
before even C.J. Stroud came into the mix, Jack Miller and Kyle, Kyle McCord committed here, understanding that there were going to be two guys who were a year older than him when he got here. So they, they that conversation had been had long before C.J. went to Dallas and lit it up. So this Jaden Delora, he got the offer in November, early November. Mike Yersich went to Hawaii. I mean, like they were invested. This again, this is not fly by yeah. night. And it, and reading the stuff around the time, it's like I think it was one of those sort of what you guys are saying. They want to show that their interest in Delora is legitimate, while CJ is still their first choice. Mm-hmm. So that if CJ goes somewhere else, they're not coming to Delora after the fact and be like, "Well, we didn't like you till this other guy said no." They wanted to prove that they liked him ahead of time. So I do. I know his ranking is a lot lower. It just feels like the way things were lining up, it feels like maybe he was the CJ Stroud backup plan. And he's another West Coast guy. I mean, he's Hawaii. I mean, like, but there, there's an opening on the West Coast. You think you can go there because the programs there aren't as strong. You can pull guys from there. there guys from that high school had gone on and had success. I, I do think maybe, and then I want to go, this guy's good. He's not as good as CJ Stroud. But this option, if that's the way it had gone down, I think it is potentially not disastrous for Ohio State. But it's still problematic. But in the end, Stephen, they're going to have a second body with Jack Miller, right? Well, it's mm-hmm. either going to be a high school kid in 2020 or a portal veteran. They had to yeah. get another quarterback in that room. Nathan, I think you're kind of alluding to this. Do you think CJ, the presence of C.J. Stroud decrease the chances of Jack Miller succeeding at Ohio state. And if they brought in a guy like Jaden Delora, that maybe wasn't so much more highly ranked than Jack, Jack actually would have wound up more highly ranked than him. Did you increase the chances of Jack Miller rising up and being a guy? If he maybe didn't feel like CJ Stroud was sort of sitting on him in his own recruiting class. I mean, it would have increased the chances of Jack Miller actually being able to be the quarterback at Ohio State because there wouldn't have been a better quarterback ahead of him or one fewer better quarterbacks ahead of him. But no, I I don't think I I guess I'm someone who would say that competition is going to make players better, not. Not removing competition from the room, Um, I I think that C.J. Stroud being there and having to compete against C.J. Stroud for depth chart or whatever or just even that imaginary who's next in 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 line behind Stroud those sorts of things I would think that that made Jack Miller better than if he were just given a job I don't think that's true I think Jack Miller had this shadow of CJ Stroud when you're in the class for a year and a half and then they recruit a more highly ranked quarterback on top of you Mm -hmm. and you've been told the whole time there's going to be a second quarterback but you probably have in your head well, I'm the first quarterback and they're recruiting mm-hmm. a second quarterback. And then it turns out you're the second quarterback. And then every time Jack Miller talks to the media, we all ask him that question. What's it like to have CJ Stroud recruited on top of you? I don't think that's like iron sharpens iron. I think that's like, it feels like I've lost before the competition even started. And I'm not blaming Jack Miller. I'm just saying, I think a lot of people, he had a tough run with the injuries and then this happened. I think the chances of Jack Miller thriving at Ohio State were lessened through this. It's what Ohio State needed to do, but I don't think we saw the best version of Jack Miller as a result. Now, he's at Florida, and he's behind Anthony Richardson, and I think Anthony Richardson is going to be the quarterback there. He might be the quarterback there in 2023. 
So it might work out for Jack Miller. I'm curious to see what kind of player he'll wind up being. But Stephen, what do you think about the psychological component of how this shook out for Jack? Jack Miller did not sign up to be in a two quarterback class. That got thrown on. I mean, CJ did from the get go. He committed to this place knowing that there were going to be two quarterbacks. That Jack Miller is the first quarterback Ryan Day landed here because everybody, I mean, even Matthew Baldwin was a late get because you know, um, um, Emory Jones fell through, if I'm not mistaken, who ended up at Florida, ironically enough. So, yeah, he didn't sign up for that. He probably didn't sign up to have a five star coming to 2021 class right after him and be the, you know, coming down his neck either. Like he didn't sign up for any of this. He signed up to be Ryan Day's quarterback, quarterback before Ryan Day had ever even coached and done anything at Ohio State when he first got here as an offensive coordinator. So it's a combination of now he's got to spend all 2020 measuring himself up against somebody else in his class who has all the hype and all the momentum. But then also how quickly does the true freshman who's getting here six months late after the season start starts, you know, catch up and pass you. I just, I mean, he could have, I think you're sort of arguing my point a little bit here though, because he could have walked away at any time. He could have walked away after they were, he was told that they were bringing in a second person. He could have walked away after he saw that a five-star common quarter is coming in after him, but I, he came here and competed for a year to, to get that job. I just, I don't, I, I understand what you guys are saying. I do, but I think there's a difference between, do I think that he would have been able to thrive here and be the kind of quarterback that Ohio state expects simply because CJ Stroud was never here. I, I don't think that. No, no, I don't think he's as good as CJ Stroud, but I also don't think we got the best version of Jack Miller. I do think when you commit early, you can get caught in between wanting to be loyal to your original school that you love. Mm-hmm. Also trying to look out for yourself, not wanting to be labeled a quitter if you decommit, yeah. but also understanding that this is my future. And oh my gosh, like the competition, I can say that it's great, but there's only one ball and only one starting quarterback. I think Steven, to me, Jack Miller is a classic case of a kid getting caught in between in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like it never was going to work for him here. And I think he was smart to get out early. Like he did. He gave himself a shot. Didn't work. He's at Florida. Best of luck to Jack Miller. But if you remove CJ Stroud, you take the shark out of the fish tank, man. All the fish aren't quite as ugh, the shark's gone. I can relax a little bit. That's just the point. And I'm not, it's just the way it is. It's just life, life in the big city, man. It's tough. But um, I, I feel a little bit bad of like, just, I think the best version of Jack Miller was never going to get a chance to, to be, see, be seen here. Yeah. Um, a lot changed from the moment he committed here to when he actually got here that, and none of it was really in his control. Okay. Maybe, but like, but just last word on this, like, so then he would have, I guess, been the front runner or he would have been competing with a true freshman common cord to get the job in 2021. So then you're dealing with that stress or whatever, I guess, whatever you want to call that you're dealing with that specter being asked all the time. Are you getting passed up by common cord? And then when you leave, you're a quitter anyway. As yeah, much no, quitters you would have been if you're decommitted. I, I just, I don't. I, th- I think it's different than a guy in your own class. Yeah, higher. Yeah, I, I, it, and quarterbacks will tell you that because I, I like asked Justin Fields a question like along those lines back when he was here. They they don't worry at all about what's going on in other classes, but quarterbacks. You can only, which is why so many of them are against being in classes with another quarterback. I don't think that Jack Miller would have been like scared off by Kyle McCord being a year younger because he would have had a whole year here. 
he would have had, a, it would have been like, see, Justin Fields is the starter. Jack Miller would have been the backup quarterback for a team that made the national championship game. And yes, competition was coming, but Jack Miller would have felt like, Hey, this is my deal. I'm getting myself ready. Would it have worked out? I don't know. Was getting CJ Stroud the right thing for Ohio state? 1000%. Absolutely. So that's the recruitment. That's the class. How would the recruiting have gone? Right. If they don't get CJ Stroud, do they flip a guy? Do they take a portal guy? But let's get to how the quarterback situations unfold. So however we decide, whoever else is here with with C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud's not here. Nathan, if C.J. Stroud's not here, who is Ohio State's starting quarterback in 2021? That's a great, great, great question because I think Kyle McCord is the more talented of the two. But I don't know that we saw last year from Kyle McCord that he was ready by the fall. So I think it would have probably been Jack Miller on opening day, unless there was someone else that we're not even talking about that had come in in the interim. Or Jaden Delora or Portal Guy or whatever. Uh, Steven, but between those two, I think I would pick Miller, which is not what I would have said, you know, last spring when we were talking about the hierarchy of that room. How do you, I wholeheartedly you disagree? Who do you think? I think it would have been, been no brainer. Kyle McCord would have won the job. And he did just, and to be honest with you, I think the competition would have been over in the spring, regardless of what Ryan Day was saying publicly. And he'd have been getting a lot more reps with the ones in fall camp. And I think he would have been ready. True freshman starting quarterback, Kyle McCord, five-star guy. I'm in. Let's roll. Yeah. Do they? So they missed the playoff last year anyway. But how much he still has Garrett Wilson. He still has Chris Olave. He still has Jackson Smith and Jigba. How good, Stephen, do you think a true freshman Kyle McCord might have been in 2021? I don't think he'd quite be C.J. Stroud level in terms of how good it looked, especially near the end of the season. But I still think just because of how this offense works and the talent around him, he would have flirted with 3,500 yards, 40 touchdowns, just because of how this works. You know who we might have seen for a little visit last year? Kyle McCord was starting uh, quarterback. Oh, my God. We're back at this. <laughs> Old nine and three Doug. Old nine and three Doug might have swung by. Yeah. Right, Nathan? I mean, it's just oh, – I don't I, think – They lost they two lose games. Nebraska game. They lose the Nebraska game for sure. Oh, I think they might lose a Penn State game too. I mean, I, I, I don't care about his production. The, the numbers like you're talking about would have come for any quarterback Ohio State had who had yeah. to play all four quarters, which is what he probably would have had to do even more than C.J. Stroud did last year. Um, yes, you still would have had all those weapons, but this defense gave this offense no room for error in any close game, mm-hmm. like any close game. So I actually don't know if they still end up losing the Nebraska game. I think they lose the Penn State game. The and defense Nebraska's, was better than the offense in that game, though. Eh, yeah, I guess. But like if, the offense but that's had almost, a two-week kind period. Of, yeah, but that's also almost proving my point, Stephen. The defense was better than the offense in that game. That offense had C.J. Stroud. Who looked awful against Nebraska. I'm, that, I mean, it's, I'm it's talking really, about the Penn State game. It's really interesting. Oh, I'm talking about Okay. Be, because C.J. did struggle early. And right. that was with – and that was C.J. with a full season of not playing in a COVID season, but watching, learning in the film room with Justin, right, absorbing. Kyle wouldn't have had any of that. I mean, they didn't look great in the first half against Minnesota. And then CJ looked really good in the second half. It's like they've lost I mean, the Minnesota game. If Kyle McCord's like, I've been here since spring, but like what? I'm a, I'm a true freshman. Now, listen, 
true freshman play and they don't wind up in a heap on the field in tears. So Kyle would have figured it out, but you yeah. have to assume they lose more games. We didn't get to see Common Core grow into the job the way CJ Stroud got to grow into the job. We also only saw Common Core get his shot with the weight of the world kind of hanging over him a little bit, as we talked about before. It's like because Stroud had struggled, it was like, you know, if you come out and put up a video game performance here, this job might be yours. And I know that that competition had already been going, but I think that did change the atmosphere of that game a little bit. But also, we, we saw Common Court against the worst team Ohio State played all year, and it just wasn't as sharp. It just wasn't what C.J. Stroud was. Even if you take out the top end of things, I think just like the basic performance of it wasn't as sharp. So I think it just this, this team would have been more susceptible to more losses with Common Court. So I think, I think at least three losses, yes. Take, take away C.J.'s injury, because that, that is what it is. I think we've had this discussion in some way or format before. If it's not a three-man battle and it's only a two-man battle and you know who your starter is heading into fall camp, is that guy more prepared to go because he got a lot more first-team reps against Minnesota? And it maybe create a better performance in the first half. It's, it's, what makes the devil's advocate here difficult is that C.J. Stroud's shoulder didn't need more reps going into the season than it had. That was almost part of the problem, right? They had to mm-hmm. back him off of how much he was throwing. So that throws off. I know what you're saying. It's, an, it, it's yeah. a good exercise, but that skews it. Uh, and I will say, there actually are not a ton of good programs that do plan on the true freshman being the starting quarterback. If you look at Oklahoma last year, Spencer Rattler's supposed to be the guy. Caleb Williams takes over, but that wasn't the plan. That was a surprise. So that's Caleb Williams as a true freshman. Could Kyle McCord have been like that? Maybe a version of that, but that wasn't Oklahoma's plan. You look at Brock Vandegrift, who was two spots ahead. He was the number four quarterback in the class of 2021. He's in the, he's at Georgia. He was behind Carson Beck and JT Daniels and Stetson Bennett, right? He's not a plan to play early. You look at J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. We waited all season for more J.J. McCarthy. It never came. He was a wrinkle running quarterback behind a veteran starter. Michigan never went to him and made the playoff without doing it. Ty Thompson at Oregon. They had Anthony Brown, who's a transfer, who's very average. They never played him. They brought in Bo Nix this year. Ty Thompson's competing with him there in year two. He might not win the job in year two. That's Oregon. Oregon not planning to play that freshman. Um, Jackson Dart did play some at USC last year because USC was a mess. Tyler Buckner at Notre Dame was kind of in the mix a little bit last year, but they brought in Jack Cohn. Oh my god, Noodle Live! Oh no, god. no, I just I'm I'm gonna give Ryan Day uh, some benefit of the doubt. He would not have gone to get Noodle Live. Uh, I'm getting oh, uh, but see what I'm what, getting the noodle sweats. What what proves oh my your God. quarterback guruness more than no. going and getting a the noodle arm and making the most delicious plate of pasta college football has ever seen? That is, you know, like, uh, you know, the best way to build a reputation for yourself. Don't put yourself in situations where you can kill the reputation before it gets up off the ground. I, that's it's it, no. That's like Ryan Day's at the coaching convention. Then they're out. They're closing the bar down, and somebody's like, "Hey, Ryan." Bet you can't make the playoff with Jack Cohn. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Day's like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like people say they did some like the, that 
but Paul McCartney song, the Christmas song, simply having is like they challenged Paul McCartney to write a Christmas song while he was taking a dump and he wrote it in three minutes. And it's like, that's Ryan Day's version of this. It's like, make the playoff with Jack Cohn. He's like, and then at the end, it's like he wins and like Lincoln Riley gives him $5. And he's like, I told you I could do it. I'm going to tell you what, if that man would have brought Noodle Lardman here and got that team to the playoff, he's the GOAT. I don't care what Nick Saban does accomplished. See? Ryan Day's the GOAT. See? He's not, the Patriots he need to fire Bill Belichick today and hire Ryan Day. Oh, my God. Well, this is our third headline. Why Jack Cohn <laughs> should have been Ohio State starter in 2021 to prove Ryan Day's greatness. I mean, Ohio State had a bazooka arm in 2021 and couldn't make the playoff. I don't think the noodle would have gotten it done. Oh, my God. The noodle. But no, I, I understand what you're saying, Doug, but the major difference here is all those situations, it's a veteran, even if he is a transfer. You know, it's still a veteran. Yeah. No, I know. But, that's, I mean, but the point is, it is not really anybody's plan to play the true right. freshman because you usually do have a veteran. If they had not yeah. had Stroud and Jack Miller was maybe just not good enough, the idea of like, well, we'll just play Kyle McCord. As I said, he would not have wound up as a puddle on the 50-yard line, but it would have been an unusual plan for a school mm-hmm. this good. Now, listen, Trevor Lawrence, we get it, Right. But I don't even know. that it took four games. Like and he I'm didn't not, just take well, over from day one. I don't think Kyle McCord's Trevor Lawrence. No offense to right. Kyle McCord. Well, and uh, I'm well, and actually, I want to make sure that we say like I think Kyle McCord is set up very well to be have a great season next year if he takes over starting quarterback. Yes, I think there's a bright future ahead of Kyle McCord. We're all talking about how prepared he would have been to lead like an 11 win regular season team last year. And the other thing about that Trevor Lawrence in 2018 almost has nothing to do with Trevor Lawrence. It's like that team was better top to bottom than Ohio State's team was top to bottom last year. Like it, this was a, not a good defense and it kept this team from getting where it could have gone. Um, and the other thing, I guess that we should bring up at some point, like, are we not going to talk about Quinn Ewers at all? No, 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 no. That's no, okay. we're getting there. what it is. Okay. We're, we're building, we're building, we're building. Okay. So I do, I, I can remember having conversations somewhere along the line where I had theorized, maybe you drop a one-year portal guy in here in between some of this stuff it must have been for 21 it must have been what i was thinking about at one time and i remember saying somebody like brock purdy or whatever right he'd been played forever at iowa state maybe he wants to go somewhere a little bit better he ended up staying at iowa state like they weren't very good last year i do think maybe you would have gone to the portal so jack Cohn was in the portal uh mckenzie milton from central florida to florida state was in the portal could have been an option Tyler Shuck from Oregon to Texas Tech was in the portal. Could have been an option. Uh, this was actually pretty interesting. Bailey Zappi, who went from like the Division II team that chucked it around and his coach got hired mm-hmm. at Western Kentucky as the offensive coordinator, he went there and he's going to go. He's like a draft pick. Bailey Zappi threw for a gazillion yards this year. It's like, give Bailey Zappi, and I know we're recording this early in the draft already happened, but I don't. Oh, but congratulations to Bailey Zappi on being a fourth round pick. I talked to Bailey Zappi at the combine. Bailey Zapp, like, would Ryan Day have done that? Like, give me a lower-level guy who could chuck it, and we'll make it work. Um, Maybe. Like, the I, whole Western Kentucky offense went – or the whole, that whole team's, yeah. like, whole offense went to Western Kentucky, though. It wasn't just Zappy. So, you know, it's just – and then, like, Charlie Brewer wound up – he was a transfer guy to Utah. He was, like, the starter at Utah. Before then, they were like, oh, you're not good enough, and they put in Cam Rising, who then – Utah was good with Cam Rising. They were bad. So I don't know. Like I do, if the if the option is true freshman Kyle McCord versus Bailey Zappi or Tyler Shuck or Mackenzie Milton, like do you think we had sort of said 
you've got to get another guy in there. Steven, you were saying you've got to have another guy in the room, but like, could it have been a guy who maybe had a chance to play or is it just like, take your lumps McCord's the guy. Maybe this isn't our championship year. Do you, do you think there would have been some reasonable possibility of a portal guy for a year? I think they would have explored it, but I think they would have gotten out of the spring that had just gone through the spring with McCord Miller um, and somebody else just to have more than two scholarships. Actually, no, I think they just would have had two scholarship quarterbacks in the room in the spring, seeing what they had, both from a quarterback standpoint, but then also just the other you know positions. And I think they would have come to a conclusion that this team probably isn't good enough to win a national championship because of the defense. It's just not going to be there. We're going to be really young, really inexperienced. So I'm not going to say punt, but let's just throw the young guy out there and let's get ready to come back in 2022. I think it's possible they could have also made 2021 the two quarterback class if they needed to fill out the room. The same same logic applies to 2021 that would have applied to 2020 in some ways that you just needed bodies. But again, you're looking at lower down the list. I'm not talking about getting another five star. I'm talking about getting somebody else to help fill out the room. But if both of you are arguing that with no C.J. Stroud, it would have enhanced Jack Miller's development at Ohio State. He would have had all of the 2020 reps that he split with C.J. Stroud would have gone to him. Why are we so quick to say Kyle McCord would have definitely had the job in 2021? I'm not. But, Stephen, go ahead. You're not? Because it feels like Jack Miller quickly fell behind Kyle McCord the moment spring football started. And I, but I could see if he took all the second team reps behind Justin, felt like the next in line the whole time, developed emotionally, mentally, physically, playbook wise, and he is that much further ahead. Because Stroud and Miller were both ahead of Kyle McCord when he showed up, but they he might have even been further ahead because he would have gotten all the second team reps. I do think you get a better Jack Miller. So to me, in the end, it's like a better Jack Miller, a true freshman Kyle McCord or portal noodle guy X. But all of those options are probably uh, three loss options. I th- yeah, what I'm, th- I guess maybe what I'm more envisioning is Miller has the job to start the year. It's maybe more like a Lawrence situation, like you're talking about, Stephen. Like Miller starts the year with the job, but considering the way things went, even with CJ Stroud, mm. you lose to Oregon. Close call at best with Tulsa. I've said it like how many times that that's like a one touchdown game with four minutes left. People are so quick to forget how close Ohio state came to just absolutely messing its pants against Tulsa. And then maybe you come out of Akron or maybe you make that switch for Akron, or maybe you come out of that break that comes after that pretty quickly. And now common court is your starter. But I think it would have been Miller to start the year under the, if, if you guys are really under the conviction that not having CJ Stroud here would have helped Jack Miller develop even better than he turned out to be. I think it would have helped his development. I just don't think it makes him better than Kyle McCord. Mm -hmm. And to the point of, so let's do this. Whether it's CJ Stroud, Kyle McCord, or Jack Miller, do any of those guys being, we know what CJ would happen. Do we think if Kyle McCord or Jack Miller had been the starting quarterback against Oregon, that Ohio State would be Oregon? Okay, so since we all know that, why don't we just go with the younger guy who's more talented? Well, that is one of those things. Sometimes you take the loss and it opens up opportunities, but one loss also doesn't knock you out of the playoff race. Go ahead, Nathan. And and I think that's also the math that Ohio State might have done, but I don't know if they do it 
before the game. We're, we're saying that knowing now that they're going to lose that Oregon game. I think that's the math that they – that's the that's the equation they come up with after the way the season starts, not before it. I so think I did- there's just a chance that we did get to see enough of what Kyle McCord and Jack Miller were last year to at least get an idea of what their ceiling might be. And that – but that's that version of Jack Miller, not the version that you guys are saying would have existed if there was no CJ Stroud. But ceiling is traits or traits, whether it's been developed fully or not. You just see the traits. That's what the whole like if you if they're going to flash, they're going to flash. If they're going to bite, they're going to bite as a pup, even if they don't do it. The ceiling is just they do it consistently, but you can do it once or twice if you're supposed to be that good. And I just honestly think that, yes, Jack Miller would have probably been better if he was the always the number two quarterback in 2020. But I don't think him being better at makes him better than Kyle McCord at best. It just makes him even. I think my official guess for the thing that never happened is some kind of portal guy, a clunky three-man quarterback competition in August between Jack Miller, Kyle McCord, and the portal guy. They figure out the portal guy is not going to be that much different than the two young guys, so the portal guy's third. So that's mm-hmm. into the future and they can't quite pull the trigger on a true freshman and they start Jack Miller. I'm coming around on you, Nathan. They start Jack Miller. Minnesota's kind of, eh, they lose to Oregon. They almost lose to Tulsa. The Akron game is like, that's, that's get Kyle McCord, some real snaps in the Akron game and see what happens. And then by like week five or week six, Kyle McCord's a starting quarterback. I think I might be there, but that maybe they would not. Cause again, it, even Trevor Lawrence, as we said, even Trevor Lawrence didn't start the year. They just it might have been too hard to go to the true freshman, but you might have had a shorter leash because you had an idea. Maybe Jack Miller's not our long term answer here. Except I asked Ryan Day about that idea of the Trevor Lawrence thing where they were just throwing him out there for real snaps. And he said he doesn't want to do that. He would never go in with that plan. Explain go in with what plan? Like the idea what they were doing with Trevor Lawrence in the because they did it with DJ a few years later. They Dabo purposely goes in with the plan to throw some random freshman out there in a re, when the game is still a game, and that's what it's they did. Random, with, it's not a random freshman. It's Trevor it's not, Lawrence, yeah, and I know, five star guy. Yeah, I know that. But the the idea that it was always the plan that Trevor Lawrence and Tyler Kelly were gonna like and Kelly Bryant, excuse me, Kelly Bryant were gonna like split reps the first four weeks, and then they were gonna choose their starting quarterback. Ryan Day's not going into the season doing that. No, but I, I'm not saying he would do that. I'm saying we're playing Jack Miller. Oh, he's not good enough. Let's mm-hmm. play the freshman. Also, Dabo did it and won a national championship. Yeah, and then he did it again. It's just, just a thing. I'm gonna, it's, worth, yeah. it's just worth thinking about it in that context. So there are three loss Ohio State with some clunky quarterback stuff if C.J. Stroud doesn't come here. Or maybe Jaden Delora is just the guy. Who knows? And we'd be doing like, oh, Jaden Delora is pretty good. But what if they had gotten that kid in California who came on his visit and then decided that he loves peaches? Man, C.J. Stroud, Heisman winner, C.J. Stroud, leader of the greatest college football team of the last 25 years. What if he had been a Buckeye next on Buckeye Fly Effect? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
See, now we're like, now we're like in our minds of our minds. Now we're in the alternate reality and doing this the is, Buckeye fly effect of the real reality. And the real reality plug is, for, it, yeah, it's the multiverse. Yeah, I'm going to pull in another plug for everything everywhere all at once. I don't want to be in the multiverse. Okay, Quinn Ewers. So, CJ Stroud's not here. The quarterback situation is clunky. They figure it out. Kyle McCord's playing. But by the way, hey, Quinn Ewers wants a million bucks from Kombucha and shows up in August and is like, what's up, everybody? And they're like, "Uh, figure out where the bathrooms are. But while he's figuring out where the bathrooms are, instead of a starting quarterback emerging as a Heisman finalist, there is a quarterback competition that leads to potentially a new guy taking over. And the new guy who's taking over is not any new, any older than Quinn Ewers. Now that Quinn Ewers has reclassified Nathan, how much more likely is it that Quinn Ewers at some point becomes Ohio state starting quarterback if CJ Stroud doesn't come here? If they have two or three losses before the Michigan game, I think it's possible. Like, why would you not just turn the page and see what you got? But it, you might still love McCord. You might love McCord because he's new and taking lumps too. Maybe, maybe. Stephen, what do you think? How does it say? Sign- I, I, I don't. I think I don't. Uh, just to to fully answer your question, I don't think it would have happened. I think clearly what we saw from him last year and everything, the way he it was talked about, he wasn't ready. And there was some injury and other things that went on there that enhanced it. So, but I think it's more likely if there's no CJ Stroud here. Steven, does it crack the door significantly on a Quinn Ewers era at Ohio State or no? No, nah, he just gets to throw a pass because he's QB3. I-, I think he still ends up coming here, being here for three months, and then heading back to Texas. Is there any part of it where, because listen, he got here. I think everybody sort of maybe felt like, yeah, I don't know about this fit. But he did. I mean, they did recruit him, and he did come. I did. Remember that? They took him. They didn't. They didn't get paid. Yeah, you know? they took him. But it's like you're here early, and you're not here with anybody in your recruiting class. All those things would have been true. I. I mean, they took him under different circumstances. He wasn't supposed to be here in the fall of last fall. However, he was brought here to start competing this spring at a time when we didn't know C.J. Stroud was going to be a Heisman Trophy finalist. We didn't know C.J. Stroud was going to work out as well as he did. And every go back a year on this podcast, we're all still talking about a world where, my God, this Quinn Ewers guy, have you heard of him? And, like, look at what he's getting ranked. Like, he's rated as high as any prospect's ever been rated. He's going to be here in the spring of 2021, and there's going to be an, a whole new quarterback battle starts in 2021 or 2022, right? There was the one that we're going to have in 2021. That decides who starts in 2021. Then Ewers gets here. Then another quarterback thing starts. So I think with no C.J. Stroud, I'm very open to – I know how this all worked out and how weird it was and awkward, and it seems almost inevitable that now that he would go back to Texas – but if CJ Stroud's not here where there's there was no job for him to compete for this spring mm-hmm. anymore. He right. was maybe going to compete to be the backup maybe. That so without that on the table where now there's a world where he can compete to be Ohio State starting quarterback again this spring. I think I think he might stick around. I'm I, And I'm not I'm saying not Ohio sold. State like gave up on him, but the impetus to make sure that Quinn Ewers stayed in Columbus was lessened by like, well we have this Heisman guy. For two years, we have the Heisman guy. We're kind of worried about that. Let's make sure the Heisman guy is good. 
let's make sure we try to win a national championship with the Heisman guy. If the Heisman guy is not here, I do think, again, you take a fish out, it changes the fish tank. I think Corey Dennis is eating lunch with Quinn Ewers every day. Because I just think, how can it be that it's like, hey, what's up with the number one quarterback recruit of the last decade? He seems a little moody. I think if you don't have a Heisman quarterback, you might be a little more invested in figuring that out. I think both of these sides gave up on this relationship for two different reasons. I think, to your point, Ohio State gave up for football reasons because they had a Heisman guy while the kid just gave up because he wanted to be at Texas. I mean, even when he even when he first committed, we were like cautioning it of like, listen, there's nothing like playing for your home. The home if the homeschool gets it together, they can always flip him right back. That was always a conversation. So the moment Steve Tarkeesian got hired at Texas, I mean, the conversation of him being flipped back was always on the table. He just happened to get here six months earlier. So it wasn't him getting flipped back. It's him entering the transfer portal. But I just think that kid, if Texas, if Texas was at all, you know, a competent program, he was going to be t- at Texas. Even if he thought, I have a real chance to win Ohio State's starting quarterback job for 2022 in the spring. Let me get through this year, and then I'm yes. going to go compete with Kyle McCord and Jack Miller to, and to win this job. He still would have been out? Yes, because you know what? He could easily say the same thing at Texas and say, I can go be Texas's starting quarterback right now, which he might oh, but, be this but, year. But, but the issue is, he decided I can go be Texas's. He's going to be Texas's starting quarterback in 2022. He could not be Ohio State's starting quarterback this year. That door yeah. slammed on him. CJ Stroud kicked it closed. So once that door is closed and he's like, well, now I'm sitting for a year. Now everything else opens. Now I can go home and play. But if you think you can play, that door isn't slammed in your face, Nathan. I just think, I do yeah. just think, yes. Competition brings out the best of people, ideally. I think at quarterback, when a guy is like, my job, I think it sucks the air out of the room a little bit for guys who are around the same age and envisioning themselves as the starter in that year, especially in the portal world. No C.J. Stroud. I just think maybe Quinn Ewers is automatically more invested here because it feels more hopeful. But he got here and realized, oh, my God, this guy is super smart. He works his butt off. Everybody loves him. He can sling it and he's throwing for five touchdowns a game. Nobody's super like nobody's kissing my butt anymore because they got that guy. I don't know, Nathan. I think it changes the equation. I do. I think it makes it more likely these days. I think there are other factors at play about him just wanting to be back in Texas. And I think that the timing well, as much as I defended it at the time that I thought he why not show up and take the money it doesn't sound like it was an experience that he enjoyed being in Columbus other than the money. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so I think that probably that still might've been, if that had played out the same way and he still is just not enjoying being with the program for that season, um, maybe it leaves enough of a bad taste that he leaves, but like for someone like him who individually has all of this potential, and all of this, you know, uh, charisma and earnings uh, attention and all that stuff to then come into a plate like Ohio State, the 
which is as publicized and as it, it to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State with already bringing in that kind of um, stature would have been a very lucrative combination. Another five star showed up around the same time last year and killed it from far away. And I think JT Tumaloa and Quinn Ewers are maybe different yeah. kind of guys. And that's fine. But the idea of like a, a late five-star showing up, and I understand that JT was in his class with his guys, but also he didn't, he didn't know get for a sure to really he be was around him. Be, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like he was yeah, it, locked in. I just, there's enough similarities. I know they're different, but there's enough similarities there. And JT had such great success in year one and is completely locked in and loaded for year two. It makes me think it would not have been impossible for Quinn Ewers to do something like that. And I think the biggest impediment was CJ Stroud's success. There's also the second impediment is I think maybe Quinn Ewers wasn't completely locked in and kind of was like, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to rip the kid. It, you, you hear things that maybe he's, you know, moping around the facility a little bit. It's fine. That was an impediment. They would have had to get over that, but I think they would have worked on that. And I think he would have been less like that if there wasn't a superstar blocking him. Yeah, I don't even think it's bag, ragging the kid. He's here because there's one point four million dollars on the table. Yeah, that's not that's not that's not the kid's fault. He is not the one who went out searching for one point. Kambucha decided to offer this kid one point four million dollars while he's supposed to be a senior in high school. That's he can't pass that up when he has the opportunity if he can't do it while he's still in high school. So, yeah, he yeah, like, I, I, like I, we I, said in the past, he, he probably would not have made it to signing day had he just been a recruit. I think that's true. It is. I do think, though, all we're talking here is not we're not necessarily saying certainty. Right, Doug, you're just asking, is it more likely that he sticks this through? Yeah, yeah. And I think absolutely it's more likely that he sticks it through if there's no CJ Stroud, because the door is more open again. You got to remember, whoever would have been coming out, McCord, Miller, whoever, some combination thereof into this spring, they're coming in as quarterbacks who lost. We're all saying, right, three four games mm-hmm. in 2021 mm-hmm. and everything is very open to someone else coming in and taking that job and, and lifting the program back up. I think it's very possible that Jack Miller or especially Kyle McCord might've slammed the door. Anyway, nobody could have slammed it harder than TJ Stroud slammed it after the Akron game. That guy was in the door slamming business. So you could not have done it more definitively, but McCord by week eight might've been like, yeah, I got this. We're good. We're good for the next three years. We don't need anybody else. I'm from Philly. We're doing it Philly style. All good. That could have happened too. And Quinn yours might've been like, yeah, this Philly guy, he's got this Philly swag. I can't, he doesn't like my country music. He's playing Motown Philly all the time. I don't, I never get to put my music. That could have happened, Steven, but man, I mean, just the way CJ Stroud did it just made it almost, it's like, of course, Quinn Ewers left. The Heisman, the Heisman favorite is blocking you for another year, and you're the number one recruit in the country. You don't wait. And this guy's making everybody wait. So in the end, though, you just don't think the Quinn Ewers thing would have changed all that much, Stephen. No, because it's not a talent thing. It's just a, and I think bringing up JT is great. It's just a personality thing. Yeah. At the end of the day. Okay. And all right. So then the last question is this Is there anything else, any other wild? what if scenarios cascading off 
CJ Stroud making a different decision that we want to cover before we wrap this up? Um, considering like, so we just saw Ryan day make wholesale changes on the defensive side of the ball because of the shortcomings on defense. Would there have been similar reckoning on offense? If, if the if the quarterback play had played out, like we just said, in Ohio state's losing three or four games, just write it, just write the headline. You want me, (laughs) you're making me write the headline. Is that what you're going to do? Corey Dennis would have been fired. If CJ Stroud didn't pick Ohio state, you're making me. (laughs) Just say it. Will you fire Brian Hartline because CJ Stroud doesn't yeah, come no. here? You fire Tony like, Alford? Just say it. Interesting. Interesting. I think I think the answer is no, by the way. I think the answer is no. But listen, and Corey Dennis, he's the quarterback's coach. CJ Stroud developed into a Heisman finalist in one year. Uh, Corey Dennis deserves some credit for that. He's the coach of the room. But complicated room. Without CJ, all the stuff we're talking about. Portal guy X, Jack Miller a little bit better, but maybe not all the way. Kyle McCord is a true freshman. Steven, that is a complicated room for a quarterback's coach who does not have all that much experience. That's a rough two years to start your coaching career, man. Your first year gets interrupted by COVID. And so, like, you're really – and that's one thing we haven't – Jack Miller still wouldn't have played in 2020 because uh, no, they were nobody in, played right yeah nobody right. played and he still wouldn't have thrown a pass and they still would have been throwing that over our heads a lot more often than they needed to so it, you know but yeah that's your first year of a room and then your second year of a room is like i have no idea what's going on here there's a bunch yeah. of new people in here but also i i get it kyle mccord wasn't great and i feel like i flipped here I do think that there is a chance that kyle mccord would have turned himself into a heisman trophy level quarterback by the end of the year that's still on the table. Just ba- he's a five-star quarterback. He's a very good player. He's a very good player. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to. It's not, it's not w- impossible. It's yeah. Not so impossible. I don't whether he might not have been as. No, he probably wouldn't have had the. Actually. That's the interesting question. Who's most impact? Which of these receivers is most impacted by CJ Stroud not being the quarterback? That's actually oh, one we, we didn't do. That's that's a super easy answer. I that's think. a that's Jackson, a that's a more interesting conversation. Yeah. Like Jackson Smith, the Jigba. I think Jamison Williams is still here because because he's why? a burner and Kyle McCord has got a rocket for an arm. So they decide that, that we're going to roll with Garrett, Chris and Jamison as our top three. Cause you've got two deep threats on the out. You've got two deep threats on the outside and Chris Olave and Jamison Williams and Garrett Wilson's a freak. I mean, they really like Jackson, they did, uh, but they also love him with CJ. That's interesting. Cause like we didn't even consider that. And like, so Jamison Williams stays. Jackson Smith and Jigma doesn't set the Big Ten record for receiving yards, doesn't go nuts in the Rose Bowl. Does it negatively affect at all Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave's draft status? No, I think it in that situation, it still helps Jamison Williams, and there's a can't chance that Ohio State might have three first-round draft picks on Thursday. Nathan, how do you they... think it affects the receivers? This is an old podcast. You mean Thursdays, five Thursdays ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, Justin Fields could sling it a bit and they still didn't throw the ball to Jameson Williams. So I, I'm, I know what Steven's also, saying. I'm, I'm hesitant that that's the way it goes. I think he's right. the way he leaves. But Jameson Williams also had a shortened season. Now he's entering year two where they've had a full off season to do more than just, Hey, we know what Garrett and Chris can do. So we're just going to throw them the ball. 
It's interesting. I mean, we can't pretend. Listen, here's the hard thing about this. When you do what ifs, there's no hard thing about it. It's all fun because there's no wrong answer. You don't want to you don't want to take away from people's successes. You don't want to make it seem like any quarterback could have been a Heisman finalist on this team with Ryan Day and those receivers, because that's not fair to CJ Stroud. Right. That's I mean, CJ Stroud deserves a ton of credit for that. It's not like any quarterback could have done it. But you also don't want to go too far. And act like, well, that's it. If they didn't have C.J. Stroud, they would have been three and nine because there still are a lot of good things in place here. So it's hard to find the right balance. I do think with elite receivers and a great play caller, they would have figured out a decent chunk of it at some point. And again, by the end, would Kyle McCord have been, would he have thrown six touchdowns against Michigan State in the first half? Probably not. But would Kyle McCord have been good by November? Yeah, I think so. Pretty good chance. Yeah, probably would have been good. And then he'd be ready to go now. I do think it doesn't have, I think 2022 is not tremendously, tremendously affected because I think by the end of 21, you probably would have had a good quarterback on some mm-hmm. level. Or if you didn't have a quarterback, good quarterback, you would have had Quinn. Like, hey, none of these three worked. And then Quinn's like, okay, let's go. And they're like, you have to stay. We love you. Corey Dennis will get slices with you every day. And then Quinn is out here this spring, just like he was at Texas, winning the quarterback job. And like, you're okay. Because even Quinn wouldn't have been a true freshman. Now you're, the main thing is, if in 2022, you would not have been playing a true freshman who has not been around for a college football season before. Would they be as good as C.J. Stroud? Probably not. But in the end, here's my final question, guys. C.J. Stroud picking Ohio State. Who is it more important for? Nathan, Ohio who State. would have been in worse shape? Ohio it's State. Ohio State. It's Ohio State. You're, you're definitive. Yes. Steven, what do you think? I'm Ohio State, but I'm not as definitive there because they still do have like recruit, like it's a five-star quarterback sitting behind him that they, they, I think they would have been very comfortable playing if they had to. Um, while with, as we said with CJ Stroud, not everywhere he goes develops him into a guy who might be the first pick in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I think there's a case to be made for both. I will, in the end, side on Ohio State yeah. as well. I do think CJ's got it, and I think most of the people, the way we saw him develop, I think there are other people who could have developed them too, and there's not necessarily just – it's just that they might have wound up playing a true freshman. It might have been a little hanky for a while. All right, I like that. I like that. That was a good one. Sometimes the way back machine, it's hard with the Buckeye fly effects because not all of us lived it in the moment. We all lived this. So we have a good sense of like, Hey, this is this guy. This is what the deal is. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Can, can um, I throw in real quick? I think yeah. the big winner on CJ Stroud, if CJ Stroud had not come to Ohio state would have been former Purdue walk on Aiden O'Connell, who would have been first team, all big 10 quarterback. Oh <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless Kyle McCord or Jack yeah, Miller no. or whoever had just surpassed him last I year. I think, yeah. Um, It'd have been Kyle McCord with the freshman of the year and Big Ten player of the year and all that, that stuff. That's a, that's invite Aiden O'Connell on to come come talk about that. Uh, we I did him s- a Big Ten media day. I saw. <laughs> I do. I like thinking up the most ridiculous what if questions uh, that you can find and then presenting them to people as if they are actual reasonable things that a person would ask. I was looking at some like super early 2023. NFL draft quarterback thing. It was like number nine, Aiden O'Connell. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm good. I don't know who's made this list, but like, we're good here. That's it for Buckeye fly effect. We like to take these things, turn them on their head a little bit. We hope you guys enjoy the discussion. 
we'll keep dropping these in every now and then, dropping in a retalkable, dropping a Buckeye fly effect. Of course, read cleveland.com slash OSU, and we will always take your reviews at Apple Podcasts. For Nathan Baird and Stephen Means, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.